Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, bringing you exclusive interviews from some of the industry's most respected authorities. I'm Kira McLoon, Deputy Editor for Global Franchise Magazine. Don't forget to enter your brand into the Global Franchise Awards 2021, which have an entry deadline of March 29th, 2021 at 5pm GMT. For more information on how to enter, our judging panel, and why this year's awards could boost your brand, head over to globalfranchisemagazine.com forward slash awards. Few franchisors are as ubiquitous or as varied as United Franchise Group. Founded by Ray Titus in 1986 when he was just 23 years old, UFG has since grown into an international juggernaut encompassing more than 1,600 franchisees in 80 countries across a portfolio of 10 distinct brands. From flexible workspaces to food and beverage, UFG's network has a little something for everyone, but behind it all is Ray's servant leadership approach, a state of mind that has seen the group continuously grow and yet never lose sight of the fundamentals that led to its conception in the first place. But how do you unify a network so large and ensure that each and every franchisee feels part of a global community? We wanted to catch up with Ray to find out and learn more about the past, present and exciting future of this prominent franchisor. Hiya, Ray. Welcome to the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm excellent. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for asking. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, if we begin with a bit of a, a bit of a step back in time um, to when you first founded UFG back in 1986, you're only 23 years old. And I was curious, I mean, that's younger than I am now, and I couldn't imagine starting a company. So um, did you always have that entrepreneurial passion to you know, connect with other people through franchising? Or how did that come about initially? Well, it's I, I have to tell you, I was kind of born and raised to do what I've been doing um, for 35 years. My my dad started Minuteman Press, the printing franchise in the 70s. And my eighth grade school paper was how to start a franchise company. And so um, when I got out of college, you know, it was 1986. And I went to work with my dad and we found the sign industry. And I opened up the first Signorama store when I was 23. Uh, in New York. And that's what kind of started this whole thing and um, started franchising that next year. And we've never looked back after that. 35 years later, we're at uh, 10 brands, 1,600 franchisees in 80 countries worldwide. Yeah, no, it's a really impressive stats from especially considering where it came from, you know, this initial seed of an idea, but it makes sense that it was, you know, you were destined to have such an international network, because as you say, it's sort of something you've always um, been a part of. Uh, and just kind of your your approach in building that network, you've spoken in the past about this idea of having a, a servant leader mentality. Um, do you think that that approach has contributed to that, um, you know, that huge growth over the years? Has that kind of do you think that's attracted people towards your organization? I think so. Uh, I think in the beginning, I, I didn't have that as much. Uh, you know, I was born and raised on Long Island in New York. And I, I don't want to say dog eat dog, uh, you know, in, in New York. Uh, but uh, it was it, it was a little bit about negotiating and winning and losing. And then when you take a different approach, and it was more of a win-win uh, philosophy. We moved to Florida. We really embraced uh, the culture here and and our people here, and uh, also the family. Uh, we all got baptized together in the ocean, and uh, that was a great experience. So my father in law uh, 
really led us that way. And uh, so I think that that servant leadership played a part in our lives, not just in business, but, you know, in my marriage, uh, you know, being a, a good father uh, uh, in, in really all aspects. Uh, it was becoming a good Christian uh, in, in, in essence that led uh, to that servant uh, leadership approach. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and as you've touched on, you know, the UFG network, um, today is this huge global spanning network, 1600 franchisees, 10 brands. Um, but with such a, a huge network, are there any kind of key tenets that unify the entire UFG portfolio, whether you're a part of say VentureX or whether you're a part of one of your food and beverage brands or, you know, co- mentoring coaching brands, you know, what kind of, um, are the key pillars that UFG stands for that you'll see across the entire network? Well, you know, it, it starts with our mission statement, which is, you know, we have one customer, our franchisee, when they're successful, we're successful. Um, and and then it goes on from there. But when you start to look at um, a, a growth first, selling first approach, which uh, I mean, that, that was uh, one thing that we found across the board that all franchisees want to belong to a team that's winning, that's growing, that that's producing. And th- that growth first, sales first mentality that our franchise owners service their customers, that we we build and grow great brands, uh, it kind of resonates with everybody. Yeah. And how has that growth first mentality, you know, has that been shifted at all in light of the the past year with coronavirus or is it still, you know, is growth still at the forefront or has it been more slightly maybe, you know, taking stock of what you, you have at the moment? How's that been affected? Uh, well, we had to take stock of what we we had uh, for a couple of weeks and and really take a good look at what we were doing and how we needed to pivot these businesses to be successful during uh, the whole coronavirus pandemic. And so uh, we were able to do that. Fortunately, we have great leaders, we have uh, great brands. And in each case, we were able to pivot the brands, some faster than others. You know, the, the, the Sinorama and Fully Promoted went pretty fast because you were looking at uh, floor graphics and sneeze guards to safety masks and uh, uniforms with fully promoted. So that was a little easier to make a pivot with those businesses than it was in, say, the food business where we had to pivot into more delivery or catering uh, or pickup and and really change that uh, you know approach with the food or with venture X where we went into more selling virtual offices and, and promoting the technology and, and, you know, the flexibility of the office. And, and quite frankly, today people are really tired of working from home and, and want to have some human interactions and, but maybe they don't want that full commute anymore. uh, You know, that they were commuting 30, 40, 50 minutes and, so they could get the best of both worlds with Adventure X. So it was kind of try as we were moving forward as a company during the pandemic, we had to find the pivot point in each brand. You know, what was it that was going to differentiate us? Um, and um, you know, it, we were able to do that in in each of the cases. And like I said, some faster than others. 
Sure, yeah. Um, and when you've got all those different brands, it kind of makes you think, you know, you get someone who maybe look, takes a bird's eye view of UFG and you've got signage and communications, retail, training, flexible workspaces, all those different industries. Um, what do you look for when acquiring new brands? Because clearly it's not necessarily a strictly, you know, a certain industry. It's kind of across the entire board. Are there any kind of um, either success measures or things that you identify when you think, okay, this is going to be a great brand for us to be a part of. Definitely, we, you know, we're we're we first look at the industry itself, and we want to see a growing opportunity that you know we can make a difference. Uh, we look to see what differentiates that brand or business from their competitors. Uh, we look to see the ownership and the um, management, the people that are running it. Uh, the business itself, uh, and, and also how does it fit in with our group, uh, you know, and as far as having that synergy among the other brands, uh, obviously we know where they're going to go for their signs or we know where they're going to go for their uniforms, um, but is there synergy among the brand and and with our franchise owners at United Franchise Group? And and for us, that those we look at all of those things and Obviously, you got to start with a successful model. It's got to be profitable. It's got to be successful. We don't ever franchise anything that hasn't been proven um, or that's already successful. Right. And just on that idea of, um, you know, synergy between the different brands, something we're looking at uh, at Global Franchise this year is multi-unit franchising and multi-brand franchising. Um, and I was curious just where you have so many different brands that are quite um you know, distinct among each other. Um, do you tend to have franchisees who own multiple brands within the UFG network, or do they generally, you know, become an expert in one of your brands and really focus on expanding that out within their region? I, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say but, yeah, both. Sure. Yeah, we have both. Uh, we have some people that are really, really comfortable in in the industry that they're in, and they stay focused in that industry and add multiple locations within that industry. Um, and we have others that have diversified and grown, and that's been going on for about 20 years now. Um, and and so whether it's a fully promoted and a Sinorama together or a, a Transworld and a Venture X together, or uh, you know, each and every one of our brands, uh, we see that. And so there's there's great synergy for them to work together and, and add other brands uh, outside and diversify that they could utilize their same clientele and customers and employees in another business. And uh, a good example of that is our networking franchise, Network Lead Exchange, where you know most of the franchise owners are business owners that own another business and just want to own their own networking group and chapter, and they build and grow a network lead exchange, which actually helps them build and grow their business uh, that they're in. So it becomes an arm of their sales for their existing business. Um, so, or it might be somebody that's adding, like our uh, Resource Operations International (ROI). That's an outsourcing franchise that um, you know that's a different industry, but in that same blend, they can work with outsourcing within their business and save money in their industry and in their business. So there's ways to utilize each and every one of the brands with each other. 
Sure. Yeah. It sounds like it's really beneficial to become a, a deeper member of the UFG family because there are all those synergies that can benefit your other businesses. Um, but for, for franchisees who, you know, maybe they own just one VentureX or maybe they own one of each of your 10 brands, um, how do you make them feel a part of the UFG wider network as opposed to, you know, one location out somewhere in the middle of the US? How do they, how do you ensure that um, they, they get that kind of franchise or support that benefits both parties? It's a great question. And, and I got to be clear, we don't have anybody that owns all 10 brands. So uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, we're working on that one still. But uh, seriously, it starts with the brand itself. And we have great brand leaders and, and uh, trainers and support people within each one of the brands. So they focus on that industry. And so they're brand specific. They help them and they work with them on a regular basis. And, and they focus on that. Um, then looking at the bigger picture, uh, this June, we celebrate 35 years in business. And we're doing what we call a World Expo. And at our World Expo, we're having all the brands together and it's a four day event. It's a, you know, two day trade show with all different vendors and suppliers for all of our franchise owners to come and celebrate. Um, we've got Joe Theismann, former quarterback in the NFL. We've got Chris McChesney, uh, author. Uh, we've got, a uh, uh, Chrissy Tasker, a, a social media expert. We've got, um, uh, you know, some great Jeff Allen, comedian. So we've got a lot of entertainment and value that we're bringing to all the brands and getting together. And then they'll have their times where they'll break out each day into separate rooms for their specific brand and go through brand specific training or uh, research and development or updates or things that they need to know about their industry uh, and then we bring them all back together again to celebrate all the wins and and all our awards. And we'll have an award ceremony and uh, everybody can hear about the successes in each one of the brands. And, and so that's pretty neat, too. So we balance between brand specific and support and training and working with our franchise owners, as well as uh, United Franchise Group as a whole. Uh, give you an example. During the pandemic, our brand leaders and presidents were on a Zoom call every single week with their whole system, with each specific system. I, I did one for the whole company every single week as well. So I was, uh, I did it for my goodness, it was probably three months, maybe three and a half months of every single week updates on uh, success stories, uh, how we're getting through it, what they should be selling, uh, what people are doing out there, um, motivation, uh, just really to tell them that, hey, we're in this together and I'm here. And if you need anything, we're here for you. But we increased the communication greatly. And I think that's one of the big things that helped us get through this pandemic was the increase in, in communication and the sharing of success stories, uh, that, that really is what a franchisor should be doing is facilitating the successes so that everyone knows what to do and how to do it uh, and how to be more successful or make more money or do better. That's our job. 
Yeah, for sure. And um, just in terms of increasing communication throughout the pandemic, that sort of, you know, it brings on up the idea. Are there any kind of things that you feel UFG learned or adapted to throughout COVID-19 that now, hopefully this year as vaccines are rolled out and, you know, the world returns to some kind of normal that you will um, keep as a part of the network? Are there any learnings from the past year that you want to carry forward as we go through the 2020s? Well, I certainly don't want to carry forward uh, fist bumps and elbows. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, I, I'd much rather shake hands with people. And uh, unfortunately, I think that is going to be part of our, our future. Uh, as I'm talking to you live from our studio, uh, that did not exist before the pandemic, um, that yes, we are embracing change. And I think Zoom calls... Um, Give you an idea. I've had uh, three today already, separate Zoom calls. Uh, one was in uh, the Ivory Coast uh, this morning, and so uh, the world keeps getting smaller and smaller. And and what used to be a conference call or um, you know a trade show is now a Zoom call. And and so I do think uh, there's going to be a balance. I think there's going to be like there always has been, old school and new school. And balancing between old school and new school has always been something that we've done here at United Franchise Group. And it's usually the new school technology with the old school proven ways, uh, you know, work ethic or face-to-face uh, -face meetings or other areas that, you know, over the years have really been tried and true ways to build and grow a brand or build and grow a business. Uh, so the pandemic, I think, really, really uh, uh, facilitated this old school, new school, uh, almost to the point of crashing, uh, you know, between the two. And so I, I do think the technology advances, uh, you know, whether it's uh, something as simple as Zoom calls or webinars or other areas that we've put into our, our sales process will stick with us, but there'll be others that um, will fall back into the, uh, the, the old school. Yeah. And do you think that um, the, the pandemic has kind of changed the way the franchise industry might work in the sense that I'm assuming, so the World Expo you mentioned, is that going to be an in-person event in June? It is. It's in person. And I've been clear with everybody, we're holding it. It's in person. We're doing it. It's in Florida. It's going to be safe. We're going to be socially distanced. We can't fit as many people in the room that we you know, could before the pandemic, um, but we are still going to hold it. Um, I think we'll see uh, by the end of June, I think we'll see a lot of our owners wanting to get out and come. And so we are excited about that. There's a lot of forecasts that talk about herd immunity and, uh, you know, the vaccinations and, you know, at what point is that going to be the case for us to be safely traveling all over? I, I mean, myself personally, I've been to Seattle. Uh, I've been to Denver. I've been to LA, San Diego. Um, so I've traveled and, you know, not had any problem uh, with it. But, um, you know, everybody's a little different. And uh, I think it, it's getting better. It's improving and you can see it, uh, but there's still some people that are going to be cautious and that's understandable. There's at-risk groups out there, um, but I, openly, um, the state of Florida has handled it really, really well. Uh, when 
when you compare it uh, and contrast it with New York and where I'm originally from, and you say, we have more people in the state of Florida than New York, we have a lot more older people, and we have a lot less deaths in the state of Florida than they had in New York, um, you got to say that they did it right. And and so uh, there's lessons out there for everybody, but uh, Florida's doing a lot of really, really good things. And uh, some people don't want to hear about that, uh, especially the guy in New York who wrote a book and got an Emmy. Uh, he doesn't want to hear about that. But, uh, you know, openly, it's going to be safe. It's going to be a great event. And I think people are going to be really ready for it. And if, you know, look, if they're not, they'll come to the next one. Um, but we are not going to be celebrating 35 years every year. And this is going to be a big event. And we want to welcome everybody into that. Yeah, well, it's great to hear. I mean, I imagine people, you know, are very excited to get back to in-person events. Obviously, you know, all things considered with safety and precautions. But yes. it sounds like that's something you're, you know, taking into account very seriously with this, which is great. Um, the the last thing I wanted to ask you about, Ray, is the Titus Center for Franchising, obviously located in Florida. Um, and I was just curious what the idea was behind the initial launch of that, because you launched that, was it back in 2015? Yeah. Um, at um, Palm Beach University. Uh, how has it evolved over those five or so years since it's been, you know, since it was first launched? Well, I, I, I would tell you that from an um, individual side, we've we become very, very close with Palm Beach Atlantic University. My oldest son graduated from there, um, and he was the president of the class there for several years. And uh, we've had those kids over the house many, many times. And and really got to know the people there. It's a, it's a great university. And I wanted to do a give back uh, to the community and something local and tie it into what we know. And I, you know, we just kind of felt openly that um, Palm Beach Atlantic University represented the um, ethics and morals that we wanted uh, to wrap ourselves around and, and be a part of. So uh, started a, a school to promote franchising and teach the kids about franchising. And that's something that, um, you know, we've done as an, you know, as a, as a, uh, company, we've gotten behind it. Uh, we hired, uh, Dr. John Hayes to run it and the university is behind it. The president and the whole team there is really, uh, done an outstanding job, uh, of embracing franchising and many franchise companies benefit from this school. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was originally thought to do it as a, a give back. My wife and I and family decided to do it. And um, we continue to be involved in it and uh, love spending time with the kids. We have interns here every year, as do many franchise companies. We've got over 40 franchise companies on the board at the Titus Franchise Center. Right. Okay. It's quite a nice note to end on really, isn't it? Because it's kind of where we first come in, where you are providing education to students who are around the age you were at when you first got into franchising, of course, back in uh, 1986 with the creation of UFG. Um, so thank you very much for your time, Ray. It's been really great speaking with you. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing um, the success, obviously, of the World Expo in June and what's next from you guys as the year goes on. Uh, thank you very much. And I appreciate the time uh, this morning and uh, you guys have a great day.
As we touched on during our conversation, it makes sense that Ray now leads such an international franchise organization, as he was practically born into the model with his father's involvement in franchising that introduced Ray to Sinorama in 1986. As we've heard from several multi-brand franchisors, the synergy that comes with franchisees owning multiple kinds of concept show just how versatile and complementary this model can be. This, along with the consistent support and checking in that UFG has provided its network, explains how it has managed to grow to such an impressive size in 35 years. We'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. Do you own multiple franchise brands? And have you experienced firsthand how this approach can bring unexpected benefits? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.